1: what is going on diesel nation we're excited to have you guys with us today on the diesel podcast if you're watching this on youtube and aren't subscribed make sure and click the subscribe button like comment turn on notifications let us know what you think about the episode if you have any suggestions for a future guest or topic we're always checking comments on there love to be able to take your guys' suggestions and then be able to incorporate them into future episodes today i'm going to be chatting with j and k engines and talking power strokes we're going to cover seven three six oh six four six sevens and we know that there's a lot of you out there that are looking to either buy a new one or buy one that's relatively new or you want something that's older that's pre-emissions and are looking for information of you know how can these engines fail what are some upgrades that are available um, how reliable can they be so we're going to be joined by their engine builder and i'm going to ask him what he sees you know cores what he's building um, what are some things to do on each one of those engines so it's going to be a great conversation before we get to it though i want to remind you our friends over at kershaw knives have a 20 percent off discount code for you Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money on some really cool gear. They've had a bunch of new releases in 2023. Their uh, Duralock models are brand new. I've got uh, my hands on a couple of them. I, I really like them. There's a, a bunch of different grip textures to pick from. Also the way that the knife opens is really convenient. Keeps your fingers out of the way. The blade's made out of D2 steel. Um, it's a really sweet setup to you know throw in a pocket or have at the job site or around the house. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure and head on over to kershaw.kausa.com use code 20 diesel save some money and get some cool gear all right let's get to today's podcast with j and k engines and talking about power strokes from seven threes all the way to six sevens zach welcome to the diesel podcast i'm excited to chat with you today about engines power stroke engines what you guys do there at JK. so i'm excited to chat with you today and have you on yeah uh, yes sir patrick thanks for having me well let's uh let's start off. Tell me a bit about yourself, what you do at J and K. Um, you know, your background in uh in diesel and in engine building.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh started here at J N K about ten years ago. Uh kind of went right into the engine building process. Uh been doing all the engine building or hands on pretty much every engine that goes out of this shop. Uh you know, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> dang
0: man never been on a podcast sorry
1: <laughs> oh that's when we go back to like my first podcast i was so nervous doing the first uh, one because i was like wait people are gonna hear me i gotta record my voice and everything but um one of the things i'm always really curious about is what drew you to engine building was it you know, something where you're just really into diesel trucks or maybe into gas vehicles before and then it transitioned into diesel uh
0: 100 honest man uh You know, did shop class in high school. Um, Opportunity presented itself and uh, kind of jumped into it. And I'm a hands-on cop and always work, work, work. And so it kind of intrigued me. Uh, Jack and Anthony needed an employee at the time. So I jumped in stripping engines, doing all the, uh, you know, the the shop work, as you'd say. Uh, The engine builder at the time was uh, offered to help me get to learn it so started there and then just kind of took over and kind of made my own way and then just all the techs i talked to and uh, machinists and everything just has helped me to grow my knowledge in it
1: what was it like you said you started there 10 years ago yes what has the technology been like from when (sighs) you started 10 years ago to now like how much has that changed
0: yeah yeah so 10 years ago, it was like single, you you had, we had to find machinists. I mean, we constantly, we were loading trucks up, our engines up and back of trucks and hauling them to the machine shop. And it was like an engine here, an engine there, you know, hardly doing a lot of uh, line honing. It was, you know, the, the simplest stuff you could do to get an engine done, you know, and now it's to where we, uh, we serve with one machinist. Uh, everything is shipped freight truck They freight truck back it's daily conversations it's you know going from 10 years ago it'd be one thing to have five engines a week to where now it's 15 with 67 to 70 on a board at all times
1: it's it always amazes me just especially talking about Fords is even if they're 15 years old 20 years old how many of them are out there on the road there's just so many trucks that they built
0: yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, and and what what's really sparked me is, you know, ten years ago to me the teenage thing was the Honda, the the Toyota, the little little cars. Where now it's like the Ford, the Dodge, the Chevy. It's the truck. The truck is the new car, and they just want to build power and go fast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of Power Stroke listeners, and that's why I was really excited to chat with you today because we kind of cover a little bit about. Most of them. One of the common things that I hear, and it's either from people who don't own one or sometimes people who have and they've gone through the upgrade process, but they'll say, why does six liter power stroke suck? And not getting into like turbos or, you know, things like that, but just the engine itself. What do you, what's like, what's your opinion on that? What, what struggles or challenges do they have that you guys are then able to fix in an engine build?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, we really love the 6.0 platform as a whole. You know, we've done a lot of things with it. Uh, I think they just get a bad rap for head gasket failures, uh, EGR cooler failures, and people just want to put them down, put them down. But in all reality, a bolt job or what we do in the engine building is uh, the update push rods, the Kamali tubes, the ARP head studs. And then we go a little bit in-depth, you know, as far as just line honing every block, uh cnc on the surfaces making sure everything's true and flat and you know we can perfect that when we do those that work over here Do
1: you think that may be part of some of the bad rap in the past is that say if we step back 10 years where maybe the technology wasn't there kind of in all the diesel shops out there where they couldn't do this amount of precision and so somebody do an engine build they'd have a failure right away whereas now, the experience and the technology that you have, it's just so streamlined that if somebody wants a reliable six liter, they can have it.
0: I agree 100%. We've come uh, leaps and bounds as far as just a, you know, especially j but then as the diesel world as a whole and being able to perfect that with the machinery and, and constantly uh, doing research and innovation. I mean, yeah, the diesel world is definitely as a whole grown to be able to perfect the power strokes and those diesel engines in general
1: and kind of staying with the 6.0 a little bit is what kind of failures do you guys see a lot on course is there i'm sure there's a bunch of different ones but are there some common yeah. ones that 100 uh, um,
0: yeah 100 uh you know obviously the and, uh, infamous lifter failure that's that's pretty common i would say you know 80 percent of the engines we take apart six liter wise is probably lifter failure or cracked heads it's rare that a bottom end is bad I would say, you know, 20% of them bearing failure or something. And it's more than likely going to be on a super duty truck. that has been driven hard.
1: Now, if you were to to specify a build for me, say I want, I'm not building a race truck. I want something, um, maybe it's 500 horsepower, somewhere between like, say 475, 525, maybe 550 tops, but I'm going to be driving it every day. I might tow something. What sort of things should I pay attention to in an engine build? to have that set up re- as reliable as possible on a
0: 6.0. Yeah. For something that's like that, a uh, pretty simple, you know, stage two camshaft, we always recommend Colt or Callies. And then we uh, ARP head studs and then we do the Grimali push rods. Um, and then if you're really going to do some towing and things like that, uh, overheads. So kind of our stage two engine we offer online is, is definitely the one to go with, with that type of setup.
1: So on the, I'm just thinking of a question with heads, because <clears throat> we've heard of fire rings, O-rings, or just how you know, they are stock. What sort of benefits does an O-ring head give to that daily driver somebody towing with for longevity with it?
0: Yeah, it's just going to give a better seal and a tighter clamp load on the block itself. Um, you know, just going to help as far as longevity there goes. Uh, it should be able to handle more pressure, things like that.
1: I don't want to forget about the guys who do like to make power and like to run some bigger turbos and injectors and things like that. As, sure. we go, as we go past that level on a six liter, what other upgrades should somebody consider when doing an engine build?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're wanting to do the power things, um, you know, truthfully, we always take on what, what the person wants to do with their truck. But uh, balance rotating assembly is always good coated bearings, coated pistons, uh, ARP main studs, you know, there's plenty of options. And as we increase power, we can, we choose to do or can do whatever we want to accommodate that person.
1: What's the coolest six liter engine build that you've done an engine for or one that really sticks out to you?
0: Oh man. Uh, I've done, <laughs> it's tough, done, done, a, done a ton. Um, The coolest one, probably honestly, has to be our stroker stuff. Uh, Probably the most recent one we did with our excursion. Um, Just, but basically a six-liter build. Uh, I've done a few, but the ones that guys that go all out with the waggler rods, or you know any type of aftermarket connecting rod and uh, bigger cam and coated parts, um, those always seem to be good. You know, on my end, I do a lot of long-block stuff. So sometimes I don't get to put all the flashiness on it. I gotta do everything that's internal, you know, so um, I get a lot of feedback but but it every single build has its own uniqueness and it's all good stuff.
1: I think I done an episode with Anthony is maybe a year year and a half ago, and he had mentioned the stroker kit to me. Can you remind me what that is what is it a six point three liter that it goes to? yeah, six three
0: three eighty three
1: and then what um like, what drivability or power differences do you guys see with with the stroker?
0: Uh, you know, tr- drivability wise, um, it, it drives pretty much just like a six liter, there's not much difference there. Uh, power wise, in my personal opinion, it spools quicker, um, a little bit more, definitely better on the low end side of things. Uh, you know, and then a lot of that obviously is going to matter on fuel and air and what you're doing to it too. So,
1: are are six ohs like the most common? engine that you get power stroke engine you guys build there man's
0: yeah i would i would 100% say it's probably the most common but we definitely see waves in what we build um you know like right now i probably have 26 liters but i have about 35 six four liter builds to do so and then next week it could be you know flip uh you know it flips constantly.
1: yeah well it's it's uh convenient you mentioned six because we did get a question about one of those and a guy said, what what do you need to do to a 6.4 engine to make it reliable? So I think, you know, somebody who's had a failure, like what are the what are the common failures you see on a 6.4 core that comes in?
0: Yeah, six doors, uh, you know, most common is definitely bottom end failure. Um, but more so on the bottom end side is the F-series trucks. I relate a lot of that to, um, you know, in my personal opinion, is probably tuning and how they're driven, um, you know, that being said, no other things we see is uh, piston failures. Um, not as bad as lifter failures on those motors in particular. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, like I said, in my opinion, is probably drivable related. Because when we get uh, bus cores, cores that come out of buses, those, a lot of times, the bottom has been good on those type of engines.
1: I've heard about the piston failures. And so, like, when you guys are doing an engine build on a 6.4, what are you able to do with the pistons to make them more reliable?
0: Yeah, so when we do pistons, we use Maxwell 7 piston uh, from Molly. Uh, we've had really good luck out of that. And so that, that'll help with piston reliability. Um, and then as far as the bottom end goes, we line hone every block. So oil clearance is usually about um, – everything we do does pretty much go back to OE spec. Um, but those two things right there has really helped us have longevity on the 6-4 as far as bottom end and pistons go
1: what's different on the um molly pistons versus the stock ones
0: uh max 47 piston it's a better casting uh the kind of bigger lip too in the bowl uh all in all just a better piston overall
1: is it now is the the failure on the stock piston is it something that just arises with power or is it part of the the emission systems the regen cycles where even a stock truck can have an issue with them
0: right uh Definitely, I think both those; those are, uh, can happen both ways. Um, you know, a lot of guys, uh, in particular, will point at the piston casting, and then it also can go with emissions too, and fuel system, and all those other components. It kind of comes both ways.
1: It's—I've said it so many times on the podcast, but it's probably my favorite body style of Ford Power yeah. Stroke. And I remember when they came out, it was, they were so cool with the kind of power they could make and everything. And we've seen it transition a bit, but the technology has really been, I think there to be able to offer solutions, you know, for guys that have six fours. And then, you know, I think about the newer ones, like the, the, the six, seven power stroke, are their failure points entirely different or are there some common things that you see on you know, 2011 to, to current trucks?
0: Yeah, um, I would definitely say common as far as the 6.4 platform, 6.7 platform, uh, a lot of bottom end stuff. The difference in 6.7, they run a tangled style bearing for the mains and the uh, rods. So I don't know if that part should plays a, a part in it. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it, too, is lack of maintenance. Making sure you're maintaining your truck. I mean, that plays an extremely important role. Um, that I think gets put behind, especially when you're talking about landscapers and guys like this, who they just have people in their trucks. They're not on top of it, and but they're, they're using them for maximum weight, maximum effort all the time.
1: I imagine that's even, well, incredibly important with, you know, the stock truck, but then also once they go to one of the engines you guys build is staying on top of the maintenance just as a, like a best practice with their oil changes yeah. and coolant and, and everything else to give it the best chance for success.
0: Yeah, uh, correct. Uh, I mean, you know, oil changes are obviously important, and coolant flushes, doing your trans, and those things. I Highly recommend the Motocraft uh, parts when you're going back together with those, especially on six four six liter. I see a ton of like aftermarket caps, aftermarket filters, and it kills filtration, kills oil flow, and and ultimately kills these motors.
1: Is there, you know, on six sevens, are there a a series of common things you see, you know, from the early ones to the, you know, newer ones, um, is it just tend to be, because when I think of them, I think of either guys pushing a lot of power and they're bending or breaking rods or lack of maintenance. And it's just wreaking havoc on the whole engine really. But are there some common things people should look out for? Say if they were looking to buy a used one and, you know, they're thinking, okay, what potentially could go wrong with the engine? What should I check out before I buy it?
0: Uh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, honestly, the six seven probably one of the better platforms we've had, um, out of all the engines we build as far as just the reliability. You know, here we are, we're in a 10 years already. Well, eleven to twenty-three, so twelve years almost. And uh I mean, we don't see the failure like we have in the past. Um, so moving forward, you know, really when you're looking at a truck like that engine standpoint, you just want to make sure maintenance is on key. Uh, the bottom ends, I mean, most of the stuff that's failing is probably ones that are used, like I said, to the maximum uh, capacity. And then as far as, uh, as far as that, though, there's not a ton, a ton of stuff that, that can just be fixed like it can on the 606.4s. Um, you know, the 6.7s, we got to do something special over here with the bearings because we don't, we don't really like the tangless bearings. So we do a uh, pin we install uh, on the cap side of the mains to keep that intact. Uh, but besides that, you know, everything else, when we put it back together, unless a guy's trying to build power, it's pretty much, you OE know, we set up going back together. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: And when it comes to like what your favorite truck is or, or what you drive, are you a power stroke guy? Is that, is that, uh, you know, what you prefer or, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a
0: power stroke guy. I've owned a few in my, in my time here at J and K. Um, you know, I, I definitely like the platform and the truck, uh, the best out of all three, but, uh, you know, we won't get into anything else about that.
1: <laughs> I was trying to see if there was a Cummins or Duramax guy there. <laughs> yeah, no, no.
0: I try to stay faithful to Powerstroke. Can't say I haven't been, uh, you know, tinker with the Duramax a time or two. But, yeah, pretty, pretty faithful on those 6064.
1: So. Now, if you were looking for a used one, because um, we get this question a lot from people who are – they don't want to spend the price on a new one. And they say, all right, well, but I want something that's reliable, I can tow with. want to make a little bit more power when you look at 736064 some of the early 67 power strokes which one would you pick from the perspective of not having to do an engine rebuild if you stay on top of your maintenance stay on top of those things because i think people what i found is when they want to do an engine well when they do an engine build it's either because they had a massive failure or they're building a ton of power and they just know that the stock setup isn't going to hold it which one would you pick if you wanted kind of like the ultimate daily driver
0: yeah, ultimate daily yeah. driver. Um, if I had to really choose, it's definitely going to be a six liter. Uh, that platform, I think you can fix some things without having to go internally. Uh, that'll ca- give you plenty of reliability and, and daily drive and be able to push for. I mean, I see plenty of them on the road with two hundred and fifty plus all day long. Uh, that have done the the maintenance, done the stuff that, as quote-unquote bulletproof, as they say, to get, keep the longevity. And I think, you know, as platform goes, that's probably their best uh, all-around engine, in my personal opinion.
1: It's really interesting how the perception has changed from when those trucks were new, and then just yeah. immediately after, is like, you know... Either you shied away from them, or you got it, and you're like, "Oh man, I should have, I should have waited for the six four. I should have got a seven three, But the perception, and it, well, not it's not even just perception; it's like the reality of it has changed so much with what like you can do it as an engine builder internally with them. And you talked about the stroker kit and other things that are out there. The innovation's still going on, even though the last one was in 2007.
0: Yeah, it is. It is crazy how long is it. I mean, it's, it still is. I mean, it may be bigger now today than it was in the o three zero seven range. I mean, I think more people, especially like I said, young kids, the price points getting right for the trucks itself, and so you're just getting, still getting more and more people in them every single day and and then the the diesel industry is just still research innovating, still trying to push the limit um in all aspects of it and it's a cool thing. it's just it's still evolving, which is which is awesome
1: if we were to look out a little bit, like say this year and the next year. What are some things that either you're excited for as an engine builder, um, as it pertains to the Power Stroke platform, or you know things you would like to see happen to maybe have an engine hold a bit more power, or maybe there's a new material or a new coating, or just some stuff you're excited about when it pertains to engines?
0: Yeah, um, you know that's a good question. You know I get wrapped up into the everyday builds, you know, I don't, I don't dig too much into what guys do as far as innovation goes research on, you know, fuel and air. I, I, man, it's a, it's a, it's crazy, but, um, you know, just seeing it growing in the whole is, is cool. And the power stroke stuff, man, uh, I, I I'm more excited to see what they're going to do with these six sevens. 'Cause you know, it's it's a slow thing. They're still not really pushing the limit. I think a lot of the emissions things have a lot to do with that and how they have to navigate the systems. Um, but I, I'm more excited about that and, and seeing where they put that platform and giving us the free will to build whatever we can to match it. So
1: Well, it's such a long run of it too. As you think of, you know, the six liter you had oh three to 07, you had oh eight to ten right. with the six fours, now you get eleven to twenty three with the six seven. So there's Gosh, just think of the amount of trucks that are out there, and they're going to stay out there. And you know what? Uh, what sort of technology or or things like that might pop up for them to push them a bit farther. I think it's it's definitely changed. I think the perception. Like, I talk to a lot of guys, and I say, you know what? What new diesel truck would you buy? And it doesn't matter if they're a Cummins guy or Duramax or whatever it is. They're like, man, those Fords are really nice. I really like it. Or I use a Ford to tell my you know UCC. Cummins that I'm going to go yeah, compete sure. in. So they, they've definitely, um, I don't know, they've kind of, I don't know what the right word is. It's just they're so, they have so much technology in them, especially the new ones with the 10 speeds and how responsive yeah. the, the engines are and everything. So I'm looking forward to see where those can go in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree 100% Patrick. It's exciting, man. I'm glad that, you know, 10 years ago, I was able to walk into this industry and and see what it's doing. And it's definitely been been a cool experience.
1: I thought of another question to ask you. Um, A lot of younger people will ask, you know, say they're just finishing up high school, just out of high school, and they love diesel trucks, for whatever reason, they were drawn to them. And they say, you know, I don't want to go sit in an office. I don't want to go work in this other industry. I love to work on these things. What sort of advice would you give somebody to be able to do what you do, to be able to work on engines and just be around diesel performance and building and the technology? How how can they do it? What's the best way?
0: Ah, uh, best way? Find you a shop. There, There's a ton out there. And if you got to walk in and sweep the floors, sweep the floors. Uh, whatever it takes. You know, a lot of... But our shop in general, it's an ever-growing shop. We're constantly expanding. Um, Sometimes it's going into that door and and doing the bare minimum. Well, the maximum for the minimum, even like I said, if it's sweeping floors, whizzing a bolt here or there, uh, you know, whatever it might be, cleaning parts, whatever it is. If you want to be in that industry, you got to start somewhere. And a lot of times it's a knock on the door and a handshake and you'll get an opportunity, man. Diesel, diesel is in need of uh, good technicians, people willing to learn it.
1: Yeah, I think that um, I've heard the phrase used before, just showing up, like showing up and you know saying, hey, do you have an opportunity? Let me let me start here because there is a tremendous need. Like yeah. you mentioned at all levels with, with these and they're not going away. Diesel is used in so many different industries and so many different applications and i think a lot of times younger people can think oh it's i'm not sure how i'm going to get there like how can i you know one day be able to you know assemble these engines or design a part or you know maybe they want to maybe they do want to be in the office maybe they do want to do these things and talk about it and and everything and just it's it's always really insightful to hear from people who are in it tips they would give and i'm sure you know you enjoy it you love what you do it probably doesn't feel like work when you know you just get to focus in on an engine get it built do some stuff and the reward is is tremendous
0: yeah for sure I mean you know just me in particular I love to teach love to teach these guys that we have on our staff uh the next thing and it's cool I mean I've been fortunate to to taught a lot of guys and have a lot of guys come through this shop and guys that have come through the shop and now move forward uh it's a good thing 100 percent
1: there's a there's a, a certain percentage of our listeners who are, you know, are shop owners. And I think about the ones who've started within the last couple of years, and maybe they're growing. And you'd mentioned teaching. And I think knowledge transfer is one of the toughest things that they have to face is how do you take like the expertise that you have, Zach, and be able to transfer some of it or parts of it to somebody else? What are some ways that you have found are really effective to being able to teach somebody either an aspect of what you do or an aspect of what the company wants done so that they retain it you know they they try to perfect it they become proficient in it
0: uh yeah for sure uh uh, patience patience is always key to being able to teach knowledge um you know and understanding that the words you're saying to them um you can actually do yourself Uh, a lot of that is them being able to see you in the same aspect not just speak it and then patience in what you're teaching because you know not everybody has 10 years or 20 or 30 years of experience you know they're, they're trying to learn so it takes multiple times but all in all i think you can definitely say if you can have patience and when you teach and be able to show them uh you know that goes a long way and being able to share that knowledge
1: that's one of the tough parts for me is like i i don't learn best by reading or somebody telling me I have to actually do it. Like I like to I like to read and have a general understanding, but I have to actually get in there and do something to be able to retain it. So the different learning styles that people may have, somebody might be, you can just tell them once and they got it. And someone else, they might yes. need to, you know, do it a few times to to get a handle on. It. So probably reading people as well and what way they learn best probably helps with that knowledge transfer.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: With, um, the, uh, you know I was just thinking of and I know I didn't prime you for the seven three stuff but I like <laughs> but I know there's going to be somebody who watches goes well he didn't ask about the 73s like what what's going on the 73s and I've heard that even though gosh what's the last one in 03 they're still popular people are still doing stuff with them there's still things coming out for the 73s what's your opinion on say like the 99 and a half to 03s from an engine builder perspective like I think of them as they might not have made a ton of power, but they're almost bulletproof. They'll go forever. They're just tough engines.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that 100 percent Uh seven threes are fun. Uh, I love them because they're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, as far as bulletproof standpoint, they're they're probably one of the most uh reliable platforms that well, you know, probably arguably is uh, that Ford's made or international have to have part in. Uh, we don't see a ton of failure. More more so just wore out. Wore out from the miles they've been put on them.
1: Uh, do, you, do you ever hear from those customers where the engines are wore out, like how many miles they have on them? Like, oh, it... yeah.
0: Uh, it, I mean, I've I've actually personally rebuilt many motors uh, in this team's rebuilt. That's probably had 500,000, 550. I mean, yeah, I, I probably don't remember, but I guarantee you we've seen... Some with over six hundred
1: thousand. It's crazy how long they go. And I think that's part of the allure of it is, you know, we don't we're not building a race truck. We want something reliable, starts up, you know, hauls something. And when I think of ultimate reliability, there's a couple trucks I think of, and the seven three is definitely definitely one of them. And I mean there are guys out there racing them I and there's a ton of performance products and things. So if you do want a bit more power with them, then you yeah, know, there you go. Is there would you say there's a failure that you see on those higher mileage ones, on those 7.3s that are common?
0: Uh, I mean, small failure, really. Uh, the one thing we probably see the most out of the older engines is uh, they're kind of prone. Some of them are casting forward have pinholes in the cylinder walls. Uh, so when we actually rebuild our 7.3s nowadays, we actually sleeve every cylinder uh, to eliminate that on all 7.3s that we build. And then injector cuff failure. So we install new injector cups on those um and then we even take a little step further and put all branded valves in when we go but um you know just just as far as like a failure we see out of cores, it's it's usually man I, I can honestly say more times than not it's just it's it's totally just worn out it's not really one thing or another there's not really a lifter issue and those type of things it, it pretty much sticks to just flat being used
1: yeah it's a lot of miles a lot of miles on them. I did forget to ask you a question. I saw it here on my note sheet. Um, and it was about the six liter in heads is, is there a lot to gain by upgrading the heads on a truck? So you're going to drive every day. Um, or is it just the O ringing part that they need or, or what, what would you tell somebody? It's like, well, you know, should I just go back with a set of stock heads and O ring them? Or should I do something with the valves and porting and polishing and, um, you know, getting them to flow a little bit better?
0: I mean, if we're just talking daily driver, uh, just OE heads. I mean, we've been doing that for 10 years, probably ship put on, oh, man, gosh, probably 4,000 heads, uh, and we just do the OE. Uh, we do a valve job on them. And, and then, again, if you're wanting to tow uh, O-rings just the next step, you know, if you're getting into performance, there's plenty of options out there. But just for what we do in, here at j which is just, you know, the everyday guy that's using our truck for work, um, just stock O-E head is fine with, with making sure you have a deck on it and then a uh, flat surface and O-ring heads if you're going to push it just a little bit.
1: That flat surface probably is incredibly important with those trucks that get higher mileage and a ton of uh, heat cycles and things like that where you can yeah. probably get some some warping and, and things, which is probably common on really any of those the engines we've chatted about. But I think that's uh and there's so much to talk about with with power stroke engines and it's you know, we have so many different kind of listeners where they got a seven three or they got a six seven, you know, twenty seventeen or they've got a oh eight that they're looking to do something on. So I know there's tons of information, tons of different directions to go. But I appreciate you chatting with us and giving us kind of an overview regardless of what your power stroke that, you know, the, the person may have some things to look out for that may be failure points and then options that you guys have to fix them, which, you know, these trucks will run forever. If you just treat them right, pretty much any of them, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, really it results back to maintenance, man. Stay on top of it. Uh, you know, the, the small things are what matter at the end of the day and especially in anything, especially in power stroke industry, the whole, um, you know, obviously the six later, making sure you're, you do what you need to do with the mission 6064, that's always key. And then, um, ultimately if you maintain these things and treat them right, they, they most of the time will treat you right.
1: awesome. It was great to chat with you, Zach. I appreciate getting to get some insights from you, learn more about, um, you know, what you do at, uh, at J and K and some really good information that our listeners can take out there, apply towards their builds or the truck they may be looking at to buy. So look forward to chatting with you in the future, seeing what cool stuff you guys are building and coming up with for Power Strokes. Yeah. I appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Don't forget diesel fans. Make sure and head on over to com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site wide to save some money on some really cool gear. They've got a bunch of new models for 2023. Their Duralock models are, are new. I've got my hands on some of them. I love them. Uh, they're great. To just throw in a pocket or, you know, um, having a toolbox something like that um, they're priced right they use a uh, d2 steel on the blade the oak- the opening mechanism is really sweet as well it keeps your fingers out of the way it's super easy to open it stays locked so if you're in the market head on over to kershaw.ka usa.com use code 20 diesel save some money on some really cool gear. I also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen in a 23 Diesel, um, John, also J. Cole, all of our other patrons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We appreciate all your support in year seven of the Diesel Podcast, and we love to hear from you guys. So if there's a suggestion for a show or topic, definitely let us know. Reach out to us on any of those platforms, and we'd love to be able to make it into a future Diesel Podcast episode. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.